Welcome to the J&J Connection Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Jordan. Today, we are accompanied by my lovely wife, Amy. Hi! And we will talk about our time in Colorado, the debate for President of the United States of America, and the best sandwich we've ever done to have. Fact of the day, the song America the Beautiful, written by Katherine Lee Bates, was inspired by her views her views she saw from Pike's Peak. Surprisingly, the peaks Jeez, oh man. <laughs> Surprisingly, the Pike's Peak Highway goes all the way to the top year round, weather pending, unlike Mount Evans Byway, which closes from late October May. Anyway, What's on, what's Mount Evans Byway? I don't know. Ignore that part. Okay. This was a, that was a copy and paste. Wow. Um, no credit. No no credit. Interesting. Um, anyway, she wrote that song at the top so top of Pike's Peak, which we were at. Who's we? Me, you, buddy. Me. And Amy's with us today. Yay! Amy, say hi. Hello, listeners of J and J. So we are all together here in Colorado Springs. And buddy, I just have one question to ask you. And then to also Amy. Mm. That's two questions. But it's the same question. Okay. How was your day? My day was pretty good. It started out with a 7 o'clock local time wake-up call. It's actually 6 o'clock now. Tried to get out the door around 6 o'clock. Went to this Pike's Peak stairway and we walked it. Well, so you made it up real high real fast. Me and Amy did. did not. So, some background. Pike's Peak, if people don't know, there's two 2,768 steps which, according to my Fitbit, is the equivalent of 175 floors, which is also the equivalent of about a little over a mile straight upstairs, and then a 2.7-mile hike back down. Yeah. My legs hurt. I felt like I was going to die. The worst part was the first 300 steps. Everything after that was slightly less painful. Um, uh, then we made it up, and we were surrounded by chipmunks. We were, which was great. We met back up; it was fantastic. And then we walked down the hill, which was less fantastic. (laughs) Mostly because it just dragged on forever. But uh, yeah, my knees are my knees aren't feeling it from the actual incline, but from going down. That's what I feel the most right now. I feel completely fine. The only thing that feels bad on me is I've got like a raspy voice thing going on now. Yeah, so I got that too. So, mm-hmm. I didn't contract the Rona. It is just my coughing. Amy, how was it for you? It was good. Uh, I was a little stressed out because we made it out the door late. And I was like, oh my god, they're not going to let us go. So, um, but then we did the incline and you went and I was like, oh my god, we're not going to make it. We're going to die here. This is over. And then we made 
our friend Tanya along the way, who's just a lovely soul. Mm. Um, and she stopped with Jordan and I, and we got like halfway up the incline. And we went up with her all the way, and that was super fun to have a buddy, new friend. And then I briefly became Snow White at the top of the incline um, because I had a chipmunk on my shoulder briefly, and then a chipmunk really just aggressively trying to steal my granola bar. That was fun. Um, definitely a cool experience. Not one I thought I'd ever have. Um, I don't know. Walking down was fine. You guys were real slow, so we were way ahead of you, but it was fine. Lots of pee breaks. Yeah. yeah Lots I, of pee breaks on the way down. <laughs> like, hey, we're going to take a picture. Pee's on rock. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where else are you going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I don't know. And then today was good. Was, yeah, that was a lot. Took a lot out of me. Took a while for me to start breathing normally but i can't believe i did it i'm proud of all of us it's kind of crazy no training going oh up. yeah yeah you cannot emphasize no training enough it like so i have to say like 2000 stairs 2768 68 stairs does not sound like a lot because i don't think our brains comprehend the number but i mean we literally just walked up the freaking straight side <laughs> like we just walked up straight this a side of the mountain a mountain an entire mountain not like a hill like one of the rocky mountains and what was the what's the incline differential they said the incline the, the average incline uh, was 40 44, 5%, whatever. Yeah. And then when the, is steep is 68%. So there are times I, you're literally climbing on your hands and knees yeah. going up these stairs. But the altitude. so steep. Like, what's oh. the elevation change oh, from, top, from bottom to top? Um, I guess you can keep going. I'll have to look that up. I think it was like, max altitude was like 8,000 something. So it took us a while to get adjusted to. But it was crazy. Not an experience I thought I'd ever have. I knew Jesse was talking about, oh, we'll do the Manitou incline later in the week. It'll be so cool. And I just like, didn't realize i told you it was going to be harder than you thought you okay like well a, like it was gonna be a cakewalk and i was like i, was I don't like, think you're taking this as seriously i was as like these are stairs i've walked stairs before no pro what's a little more stairs anyway yeah intense um plan accordingly if you ever do that but we did it so we persevered uh 2122 feet is the elevation gain um no so when we started that i plugged headphones in and i told you guys like i'm gonna leave you guys because <laughs> i don't think i'd be able to like if i started talking to Good people choice. i would not be able to i don't think i'd be able to finish it so i just plugged my headphones in and i just went mm. and it turned into like a per after i think 600 feet or the 600 steps that's when i was like holy crap this is a lot harder than i thought and then my fitbit like told me Hey, congratulations, you've reached skyscraper level. And I was like, yo, we're not even halfway up yet. <laughs> Hold on a second. Um, no, but it became like a mental thing. I was like, I'm not going to let this mountain beat me. Yeah. And then I ended up getting, I got to the top like 25 minutes before you guys. Something like that, yeah. And um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, no, like the you, Jordan, buddy. You sprinted up like the last ten stairs. I sure did on the way up because I was cheering you guys on. I literally had to stop <laughs> as there was like a crowd watching me. It's like, Ugh, <laughs> why? I I think what it is. I've had this problem with working out too, and I think I've said it before. But like, I have a frame that can handle activities like that. But my cardio is so god awful that. I can't do anything for very long, so oh boy. 
Yeah, we took a <clears> lot <throat> of breaks. But for me, it became much easier when we befriended Tanya because that was, like, just an, a distraction from, like, the mental, like, can mm. we make it? Um, she was just so uplifting and fun. And she needed us because she did not bring enough water or anything for the trip. So mm. we kept her alive today. <laughs> <laughs> she, she did seem really nice. She was really cool. So after the incline... We all got back, chilled out for a little bit, and then, buddy, my goodness, tell them, give it to the people. We went to downtown Colorado City, was that the, um, Colorado, yeah, Colorado City, Colorado Springs City, Hmm. it wasn't old, it wasn't old Colorado City. just downtown Colorado City. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we went to downtown Colorado City. And we're going to, we're looking for places to eat out, mostly because we're lazy, but also because we want to experience the culture. Um, so we're walking down, and we stumbled across this place called Colorado Craft, I believe is the name of this, uh, the establishment. Um, went in, got some seats. It was nice because we sort of stumbled upon this uh uh, scene where everyone was eating outside in the middle of the road and the road was closed. And that's something I'd seen before, but it, this they were doing it at such a scale here. It was a little different. Mm. So that was fun. But um, And I haven't eaten outside in a setting like that. So, um, It was super nice. And yeah. It was scenic, yeah. The food, the sandwich. Oh! They had a sandwich on the menu. Oh! But you ought to pull that up. Yikes. What? The, or maybe I'll pull it up. Buddy, you described the sandwich. It was called the Olympian. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't eat it. I did not you, eat it, just, me, but I remember everything someone, about it. Whatever. Let someone who try, actually oh. ate it Oh my god. This. Okay. You can describe your food. Freaking, just go. But just go. This lamb olive goat cheese sandwich. Whew. Whew. Is it getting hot in here, or is it just me? That thing was juicy, scrumptious, delicious, and is in fact my new number one sandwich. It was... It's a bold claim, but it's true. Oh, I have to download the entire menu to figure out what this is, so that's not good. It was called the Olympian. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, you're welcome for that. All right, here we go. (laughs) Colorado Lamb. Olive tapenade, arugula, jumpin' good goat feta cheese. Jumpin'. Tomato rosemary jam. That's it. It was great. I do not like olives. The first thing I tasted on this sandwich was olives. And I don't know what they did, but boy howdy, were those olives real good. It was delicious, and... I'm just so happy. We we originally had another place scouted, but as we were walking, I looked at it and I was like, "Yo, this place has a nice logo. <laughs> I, li- I like it." So we walked in and they ended up seating us right away, and then bam. And we also had a few drinks there, which were also really nice and good. Yeah. Tanya actually just texted us. Yeah, Tanya just texted us saying, like, enjoy your vacation, and Aww. thanks for making the experience better for me. Ah. 
Shout out to Tanya. <laughs> Thank you, Tanya. <laughs> I, I didn't walk I didn't walk with her, but I gave her a high five at the top when you guys came there. I was like, hey, look, a stranger. <laughs> high five. Yeah, she was so cool. We got a picture with her and remember it forever. Yep. Anyway, we ate the best sandwich. I I I have decided that was the best sandwich I've ever eaten in my entire life. Same. Same. And here. I, I, I don't I, I don't like to overstate things like this, but that was it. That, that was it. That was the best sandwich ever. Anything. The one thing I've learned after transitioning to becoming a yuppie. Anything with goat, <laughs> anything with goat cheese on it. Order it. It is delicious. Anything. So, buddy. Buddy. Speaking of sandwiches. Ooh. Let's talk about the political sandwich. Wow. Of Not Donald even... Trump, Chris, Chris Wallace. Wallace, and Joe Biden. So I don't. I don't get to. You guys get Amy, to talk about your food. You got fish and chips. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I know. Heck. I saw the opportunity for transition. Go. No, it's fine. No. You, well, okay. Tell them about this. Tell them about it. Okay, it were fish and chips. They were good. I got this really good vegetable soup, and it was real tasty, and it had just the right amount of heat. And Tell man, about that, soup. that soup was really good. It was really, it was herby. It was, it was fresh. It was fresh. It wasn't like it was real light, but um, I mean, it's fine. You know, I'm just third wheeling on this podcast. It's okay. They had me on reluctantly, and uh, you know, Jesse hates that I'm here. He hates that I'm married to Jordan. <laughs> What? He wants to be married to Jordan, and I just have to deal with that. Anyway, continue on. Please wow. talk about this. Although you, you will get to lead off the discussion on the drinks we had. What? The drinks we had at the Colorado Craft. Okay. Okay. Lead. Wait. Is that later what on? Was your, no. What was your drink? My drink was a sangria, and it was real tasty. And it was also a lot of alcohol, which I am discovering now. Like, oh, that was a lot of alcohol, and. Jesse is also moment. probably discovering that now, given that I have accused him of trying to steal my husband. So, there's that. <laughs> it's all no, right. It, I'm just here. <laughs> but it was like a proper sangria. Like, usually, the sangria I would drink, uh, like, just comes right out of the jug. But, like, here they actually mixed it. It was, like, ice, wine, uh, orange, orange liqueur. liqueur. Yeah. Orange slice. It was tasty. Yeah, and I had, I had an old-fashioned. And it was a proper cocktail. They actually put bitter, like bitters and aromatic things in it. Yeah, they put the uh, bitters in there, the orange, orange peel, uh, the sugar, I guess. Cherry. Yeah, I, the cherry. It, it was good. I I don't know much about old fashions. I like them. Uh, there's I don't know what exactly they're supposed to taste like. There's probably tasted more just like whiskey to me, but. Uh, yeah, I never had one like bourbon. that. I bourbon. never had one like that, yeah. Yeah. Then I also got a Manhattan, which I kind of forget what was in it. It was whiskey, or rye whiskey. Rye whiskey, bitters again. Bitters, and then, oh, vermouth. Vermouth yeah. was in it, too. It was definitely nice to have, like, drinks made by somebody who is a professional instead of, like, homemade, crappy mixed drinks where you're missing, like, a third of the ingredients, but you're like, ah, poor, it's fine. Yeah. 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 Overall, top to bottom, Colorado Craft, not sponsored, not yet anyway. Hope to be. Um, I hope to be eating that, that Olympian sandwich every day for the rest of my life. My goodness. Was it delicious. Uh, now we can transition. Political sandwich. Speaking of political sandwiches. <laughs> Speaking of the old fashion of the political discourse today. That's enough malarkey. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, Chris Wallace, and Joe Biden. Um, so, 
Firstly, let's just go with the news that came out today as of this recording. Trump and Melania have COVID. Possibly contracted from an aide of theirs. Ooh. Yeah. So that's a that's a bad look, but could also be a good look. If they recover from it, then they have good PR. So keep that in mind with Man. everything that's going on. You know what they say about karma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Karma's a witch. <laughs> yeah. Happy October. <laughs> Spooky. It's going to be Halloween. Yeah. I This sort of, I know there's a bunch of weird conspiracies like, this is just a perfect time for him to get it, isn't it? It's like, no. Like, we should all wish him well. Uh, it's just, I, I, that is not the first thought that goes into my mind whenever I think about, like, I know that's the polite answer. Like, you're like, you have to wish him well. He's a person just like everybody else. Um, but it's, you, you have to laugh at the irony a little bit. And, uh, you don't have to feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the real, the real thing. You don't have to feel bad. Yeah, I could say a lot of things about exactly how I feel about this, but people will probably be like, wow, she's awful, so I'm not going <laughs> to say that. But we can talk about something that is truly awful in everyone's eyes, that debate. Oof. Which I, I thought it was the best stand-up I'd seen all year. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, I, I watch, I, I'm a person about politics now, at least in my, uh, my sort of, hobby consumption type thing but this was the first sort of event that everyone was going to be watching like the conventions are kind of for for uh real nerds but uh the debates is sort of something that everyone i'm using weird hand gestures i don't know if everyone should watch it it is something that should be paid attention to at least a little bit i do feel like i don't i don't know if maybe it's just with age but more people I know uh, decided to watch it and comment on it than I've ever seen before. Yeah. So I feel like it got great ratings. <laughs> great ratings. Mm. But before we get into the actual debate, you know what really bugged me? People talking crap on Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace. Yeah, I... <laughs> It's two people who are going to stand across from each other. They knew they were going to shout, shout it at each other all day. So blaming Chris Wallace over not having control of the situation when someone's just trying to talk over him. Like, I don't... Nobody, nobody, pays, a, nobody pays strict... Nobody follows the strict guidelines for debates anyway, so... And double Trump, doubly not so. Or doubly so, I guess. But, uh... Yeah, there's no there's no stopping Trump mostly, but either of them, uh, especially towards the end of the night. I just don't understand what people expected Chris Wallace to do. Like, he can tell him to be quiet. Right. That's all he. That's well. That, that's his only thing, and he did that. Well, he I told think, him to please be quiet and without I, being abrupt and rude. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the other thing that people sort of expected were some of the layup questions. Like, maybe they thought Biden got more layups than the other. But, um, and like, easy questions. Just questions that you can, you know, do you hate puppies? No, I like puppies. Like, wow, what a, what a strong individual. But, like, he, Trump got those questions as well. So, it, but they, he, he got hard questions, but he also got layups. Layups like, 
will you condemn the Proud Boys? And and to which he responds, you know, stand back and stand by, and somebody's got to do something about Antifa. Like, like that, that was the layup. <laughs> like, everyone just... Everyone knows what he says at this point, and so they're trying to defend that. But just ask any ran- random person, any regular person, how how do you feel about this white supremacist group? You're not no no one single person in the entire world is going to answer the same way Donald Trump did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it and not just the not just exactly the way he answered it. Anywhere close to yeah. unless you ask David Duke or someone like that. You're not going to get an answer anything like what Trump said. Yeah. It does certainly add fuel to the fire that he is kind of racist, given that he will not actively condemn them, but he'll, like, will we'll condemn Antifa, which isn't even, like, an organization. It's, like, an idea, and that's shocking. Like, oh, my gosh. Well, it's clear It's clear who he doesn't like. And if you have to parse, parse words to figure out if he's condemning the Proud Boys or not, then he's obviously not con- condemning them, right? Like he he can he can talk crap about the people who were who, who were elected to uh, be in the Senate or be in Congress or be literally anywhere else or people that he's hired. He can talk crap on them as well, and but we really have to search for the meaning behind his response to this kind of stuff. And it, it's like the, this is nothing new. It surprises no one, but but to do it on such a grand stage like that. Yeah. Yeah. In front of everybody. Because normally it's just been on Twitter, but this time on the debate stage, stand back and stand by. Be ready when I need you, boys. I can't. Messed up. I can't believe, like, people, so I I do know people who like Trump, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for a president to blatantly say something like that and be okay with it, and then have his PR team try to fix it at the end of the debate. Like, dude, you had the easiest question. And I remember watching it, and I was intoxicated while watching it. And I was like, all you have to do is say, stop. <laughs> and he did not say that. It makes you wonder Ooh. how much of his base that he thinks he would alienate if he said no. Yeah. I'm just... <laughs> what? People have run the straight ticket or straight racism ticket, and it hasn't worked. So, like, in it, it all goes in his favor if he just answers that a different way. I I don't know what line he's trying to walk here. No, and he just I, it's a, the line is between his supporters somewhere. It's not between reasonable people and the people who are already voting for him. And so it's it, he's not reaching out to trying to expand his coalition or act like a president like whenever you're president to expand your coalition is to include people who don't vote for you and be a benefit to them and he just has no interest in it and it's it's (laughs) it's like it's just it's a disgusting (laughs) oh so let's let's go past trump what do you think about joe i think joe got his got layups to him that he completely flubbed as well. Yeah. Uh, that were sort of uh, uh, drowned out by the other stories. But um, his his refusal to talk about uh, putting more Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court uh, is kind of 
<laughs> worrisome. Uh, he's sort of a guy who, if he's going to do well in uh, the demographics he's trying to reach out to, um, he's going to have to say things like, no, we're not going to go against this 100-year-old tradition of nine court justices. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, like that's a that's a big thing that we should really be concerned about. But I just I feel like his the way he questions aside, mm-hmm. just the way he would respond to Trump being a bully was far more presidential than what Trump has ever done. Yeah, especially whenever he had, like Trump started attacking his son and talking about his son. Yeah, like that's a moment where like. I feel like anybody would probably snap, walk over to the other podium, punch the guy in the face, like, don't you ever utter the words of my dead son. Yeah. And the fact that he was able to stay calm and, like, I mean, he said, shut up, man. Like, and people are like, oh, that's so un- unpresidential. It's like, who's really? He, who's he <laughs> yeah, we want to bring that up again. Yeah, seriously. Like, you want to talk about unpresidential. Why don't you, like, look over freaking Trump's last four years of tweets? And also, like, who the heck, what kind of person brings up somebody's dead kid and makes fun of Like, so, that's ho- absolutely terrible. To be fair, though, um, Joe Biden is sort of being the basic politician, but he's not even doing particularly well at it. And sort of the example I would go to is, he is the one who brought up his dead son. That's true, yeah. He, Trump was not the one who said anything about... In fact, whenever he, Biden started talking about uh, Bo, uh, with him being dead, um, Trump, as soon as he got that, he said, I don't know him. I'm, I want to talk about Hunter. And, like, that's its, own sort of, that's its own sort of slimy. But to be fair, Biden was trying to bring up his dead son to score points. And, like... That's what politicians do. Yeah, uh, I don't like it. I don't. I don't like either of these candidates. I dislike one far more than the other. Yeah. But Biden is not. He is. He's being a politician, and that's fine. But he's not a politician with one uh, that I agree with. Can I? Uh, I will say too on the debate. Just sorry, going back to that. Um, I was not a huge fan about like how. In a lot of times, when Biden had his choice to like his chance to answer questions, instead of actually answer the question in terms of like his actual policy stuff, he was like, "Trump is terrible. Look at what he's done." And that's yeah, and that was like that made it really like I was like, "Why don't you just respond to the question instead of spending the entire time talking about what Trump has done?" Which, by the way, puts the spotlight on Trump still. So I don't think that's your best idea. Like, steal the show, man. But you're right. I don't think he has a plan and. I don't know. I think it would still be better than four more years of freaking, you know. Yeah, mm. I, I, I'd prefer – I don't like either candidates either, but I still like one more than the other. But I do feel it would be more beneficial to have someone boring in office compared to having someone dangerous in office. So – but I guess – this is it's nitty gritty and this is sort of the nerd nerd nerdiness to it packing the court is not something that should be taken lightly and his answer in any other debate would have stood out like a sore thumb if trump had any political like had any 
any good intuition politically, he would have nailed Joe Biden about trying to expand the Supreme Court. Mm. That's just not something you do. Like, and Joe Biden said before that he, uh, if more Supreme Court justices were elected, that it would um, undermine the whole system of the thing. And the fact that he can't now answer in a debate that he's not going to change this literally centuries old uh, rule that we've had that most of, you know, how our system is uh, structured and governed to change that rule is not a minor thing. Yeah. It, that in itself is also extremely dangerous, it's especially, you know, why else would you elect uh, or nominate new Supreme Court justices if you didn't just want them to vote the way you want them to vote? Yeah. And we sort of talked about this before with uh, Amy Conan Barrett um, being Catholic, but not voting like a Catholic. You're, the idea of expanding the court is to get people who are going to vote the way you want them to vote. And if you're just going to throw out the integrity of the system by changing the number of justices, then you, like, obviously you want the, the people you, you're trying to put on the court, you want to vote a certain way, and that is with you. So I just, that that's an extremely dangerous thing. And Trump has done a lot to the image of America, especially abroad. Like, our allies hate us now. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of deals that we relied on, uh, especially with Iran. Uh, not good. All we're becoming weak, weaker, um, on a global scale. Yeah, noticeably, and like that's all bad. But what Biden will do is polarize the country more if he decides to um, pack the court. And we've proven pr we've proven pretty well that we can't handle much more or polarization. Or else we're just going to destroy ourselves instead. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks that, you know, he wants all the Bernie voters who are super, like, I mean, way off. Like, socialism, I don't know, just, it's, it's not even a left. I mean, it's so far left, it almost isn't even left. It's almost it's, in its own thing entirely. And it sucks because now he's at this point where he can't actually say anything about his position because he is moderate, but he doesn't want to alienate those super left-wing voters. But he doesn't want to say, like, oh, yes, I support you left-wing voters because he doesn't want to lose the moderate um, people in the middle who want to vote for him or the Republicans who don't like Trump. And right. it sucks. I don't know. It would be really nice, though. It, if, it's hard to tiptoe around and cater to everyone who doesn't like Trump because now it's so niche. Like the voting patterns, I guess, are so niche. Like who who people would prefer to have in there, mm -hmm. and that's becoming a big problem. Like there's so many people that are like, oh, I don't like Biden for this one reason, so mm -hmm. I'm not gonna vote for him. People are, I, I'm not at least I'm noticing on social media, people are becoming way more stubborn than I've ever seen, and like they're putting it on social media too, which isn't a great look but anywho yeah like what's your plan if you wanted bernie but you don't like biden but so you don't vote for him so are you saying you would prefer to trump to biden i just don't get that i, I really don't understand that I, viewpoint i've seen i've heard people say that they're they're not gonna vote this year well because they don't like either and i'm like you're not doing yourself any favors you I, i've like i've heard these people specifically say how they don't like what's going on in the country, and yet they still decide, I'm not going to vote. 
Well, it's like, yeah. Like, I mean, do you want it one outcome or the other outcome? Like, they both suck, but one might be a little bit better than the other one. It's just like, I mean, that's, for me, if you don't vote. I mean, now, let's say if you vote and you write in a candidate. I guess that's a little different. That's letting your voice be heard in a different way. But, like, if you don't vote, then you're basically saying, I want four more years of Trump, <laughs> in yeah. my opinion. Or, like, I don't know. It's just, like, if you're not willing to participate in it, and, like, it's just it's just basically like you're saying America can go to hell. Right. I don't think that's a curse word. Sorry. That's, uh, no, that one, that one's fine. Yeah. So, anyway, moving on, who do you think won the debate? Uh, I, I, I want to more... reset the scene Go a ahead. little bit. Go ahead. And hopefully this turns it a little better, or brighter, I guess. So, I was saying before a little bit that this was my first big event that I got to watch that everyone was supposed to be watching. And... Actually, that's I, I watched the debate. I watched Hillary Trump. I watched some of those debates, um, and I, I learned some lessons from there. But we can get into those later. But buddy, how was your debate? You probably watched some Hillary, nope. Hillary Trump. Nope. You didn't. Okay. Nope. I was too. That was when we didn't have a podcast. I had no reason to watch it. Didn't care. I was like, I don't. I was one of those situations where, I, again, I was like, I don't like either of these people. I didn't vote for either of those people, so... I, I also, I saw a poll out, and I heard about a poll on another podcast, um, that 17% of people felt they learned something by watching the debate. Did you learn anything from watching that debate, buddy? How to not debate? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Did Have I... you watched any before? What? Debates, debates? in general? Yeah. You know, I really haven't. I've avoided the political. I've just been like, I don't want to think about it. I was one of those people. Did you learn something um, from the debates? Uh, I learned that instead of electing a candidate who could actually run the country, we'd rather just have two senile grandpas argue over it and just freaking. So I learned that. That was pretty great. Yeah. I guess that's insightful. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you learn, buddy? I learned that. 17% of people need to stop <laughs> looking to the debate to learn anything. Yeah. Please. If I I don't I, there's other ways to learn. The debate is not going to help you. If 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 you watch the first one and you thought what a mess, uh, you can you can watch the next one for like Schadenfreude or something like that, but uh I mean if, if you come away and you feel like you've learned something, I like, why would you, Trump, you can't, he doesn't know what he's saying half the time. I mean, he talks about Sleepy Joe or whatever, but, I mean, Trump, I feel like Trump is not consciously so, aware of what his mind is saying most of the time. I lied. I did learn something, but Ooh. it was post-debate. What'd you learn? Um, apparently, Joe Biden has had a stutter all of his life. Yeah. I yeah. I did not know that. I get yeah. Oh. And so now a lot of those other videos where he's trying to make words, it's not that he can't. Oh, it makes a lot more sense. It's okay. not the fact that he's just old. It's that he literally struggles making words, and that just kind of opened my eyes. Like, oh, well, geez, he looked really good on that stage too. Yeah. Yeah. So that... he gets points for that for me. <laughs> Okay, that that's good to. I just learned something as well. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good to know because freaking, yeah. Because up there, I was like, ooh, mm. <laughs> they're both in the same camp. <laughs> so anyway, we watched the debate. We had a good time. We, there were drinks involved, and yeah, I 
I don't think I would have gleaned anything good from that uh, without any drinks, and it, it was certainly awful enough to warrant them. So, uh, but setting the stage a little bit, what did you want to toss this into, buddy? I just want to say, who who do you think won? Okay, I won't go first. I'll go first. So, America lost. <laughs> first of all, um, Chris Wallace was a big loser in that, oh, just because of the the backlash. Guy. Yeah, it sucks. But I'm not gonna blame him for it. But after that, I'm gonna give it to Joe. I'm I'm taking policy and everything else aside. Really? Because, so this is based not well, not any on policy. I didn't I didn't pay a like it was there was so much arguing and so much interrupting I couldn't tell you a single thing besides Trump saying he wasn't like stand back and stand by I couldn't tell you a single thing that they actually talked about with policy mm-hmm. so based on personal performance I'm giving it to Joe Amy um I don't know. I don't really think there was a distinctly clear winner from that debate. Um, I do want to say that poor Chris Wallace. I don't know. Honestly, people, like, what did you expect him to do? How would you handle that situation any better? I have issues with that. People are so quick to judge when they could not do a better job. Anyway. Chris Wallace is the best in the business. Yeah. No, he, hands down. he did that. I mean, short of, like, literally grabbing Trump and shoving, shoving a gag in his mouth, how else are you going to stop him talking? I mean, honestly, like the man does not listen. Anyway, um, I don't think there was a distinctly clear winner. I would like to say the candidate who I preferred more in that and who I already knew this going into the debate was Joe, just because he does not literally act like he's five years old. Actually, I take that back. I like five-year-olds. He does not act like Trump, who is his own distinct little just personal bit of just awful, just, you know, this distinct, unique bit of awful that I've never experienced in the world, but oh my gosh, I hate him. Anyway, yeah. What particularly? What particularly? Because there's a fair bit of crosstalk. Joe Biden instigated Trump in some ways. Like I know, I noticed that it would be a good thing for Joe's game plan. After a while, Trump would say something like weird or probably not factually accurate, and Joe would just like smile and laugh. And it would really like it would get it looked like it was getting under Trump's skin. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like I, I that again as a strategy that's perfectly valid. Like if you're gonna set him off by doing something so innocu- innocu- innocuous as that, then you know whatever, fair game. But like that's also he's not debating at that point. That's that's showmanship. Yeah. Like that's that's trying to make him look bad, which you know again that's works. Stra- that's strategy. That's I'm, a strategy, but it's not it's not it's not exactly. It's not a statesman acting in good faith. I guess. I, I guess I get that, but at the same time, the reason why Trump won, I feel like in the first place. Well, okay, so Hillary wasn't a great candidate to begin with, but Trump also put on a lot of showmanship. And the fact is, in this political era, like I mean, I know you like to believe that voters are more informed, or we give them more credit. Or whatever we should give them more credit. I would like them to be more informed. I would certainly like that as well. But the thing is, is like it all. It a lot of it does come down to. For a lot of people, it comes to who looked better. Who did I come away with this? Just feeling like I like this person more based on how they acted. It's not 
policy. That's it's what not I've education. Always, that's what I've been it's saying. not. Yeah, it's in, no. It's simple. It's who do before. I feel like I can relate to? Who do I feel like I want to? And Biden have a beer with. Who would you rather have a beer exactly. with? Exactly. And Biden acted presidential. He did not. Uh, basically endorse white supremacy. He did not make fun of Trump's dead son, not that he has one. He did not go into, you know, I mean, and also as he mentioned, oh yeah, we could talk about your family all night, man, but I'm not going to take that route, which, you know, he could have. Like, Trump, mm, like, I just, I still don't know how he was elected. It's just, there's so many things about him that are so they incredibly just, they just slimy. Didn't want the, norm, the norm. Yeah. They were tired of the norm. Well, I just get so mad about how Christians endorse him, but that's a whole other thing. Not all Christians. Be, I will be very clear. Not all Christians, but some of them do, and I hate it. And moving on. Anyway, buddy. Uh, so the problem, whenever I watched the Hillary Trump debates, and maybe this was just like polariz- polarization, just really kicking it in, I thought Hillary sweeped him hard in all of those debates, just made him look like a fool, because she would focus on policy and stuff like that. Um, but I was wrong. Um so looking at who won i i'm what people think who won i guess not who i personally personally i think joe won because again you know we can talk he he did act more presidential uh trump sort of brings people who are going to talk to him into his realm and they either have to play by his rules for a little bit or they just get steamrolled so I think Joe had to respond to some of the things he was saying in kind. And uh, especially with, like, at some point, you, you just felt like he was exasperated. Like, just, yeah, please stop talking. Like, please, I just want to do this thing. I just want to do it the right way. Yeah. But as far as who I think people think won, I mean, Joe didn't do anything. Trump's supporters, it's not like they believed Joe Biden was senile and literally could not walk or could not function. Like it's, it's just something they said it's bluster. And so I don't think anyone came away from that thinking, wow, Joe's really the alpha male here. Like, I I don't know what other terms to put it in. I I just, Joe was being bullied the whole time. Right. He was being bullied. He sort of, he, he, um, some of the prepared statements he had didn't exactly come off too fresh. They seemed sort of robotic, and uh, and he was just like a politician. And um, yeah, and people people voted for Trump because he wasn't a politician. So it's hard to say. Um, but and again, like all of these stories about uh, Trump coming out about not paying income tax, he got asked about that. Uh, the he, we know he's had trouble denouncing some of his supporters, um, as uh, one one uh, radio person or TV person put it. Rick Santorum used to be a uh, representative for Pennsylvania, I think a senator, and he said he just doesn't like denouncing his supporters. And it's like maybe if they're maybe if they're white supremacists, you should yeah. make an exemption. Yeah. But, Instead um, of having your staff do it afterwards. Right. Seriously. But. Uh, like this is all this is this is baked into the cake of what Trump is. Um, he's gonna elect another. For God's sake, he's gonna elect another uh, Supreme Court justice. That's gonna be three. Yeah. And it's all gonna be on his watch. And they're perfectly fine. Like they're perfectly fine com- Supreme Court justices. And that's exactly what standard Republican voters want. They just, you know, if this guy's gonna continue to do the things that we want him to do, cut taxes, uh, appoint conservative judges. 
then they they still have no reason to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. The only but, the only thing I think people like that would get upset over is our um, diminishing presence in um, other countries and like you know uh, as far as increased tensions with Russia, Iran, North Korea, countries like that. Yeah. But so but overall, your pick for the winner is Joe is Joe. I personally for me it was Joe. Okay. And so, one one final question, yes or no? Are we in danger? Buddy, just yes or no. No no yes. no description. Amy. Yeah. And for me, also a yes. Oh. It sucks. Okay, so back on the positive. Well, a little bit of the negative as we get into this. We're all Hey, I had a good time watching well, the debate. No, we'll just 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 quiet. <laughs> so we're all in Colorado. Um, this was only my second time flying in a plane. Um Oh really? Well flying in a in a commercial plane. Oh, I didn't know that. It was it was alright. Um I was more nervous just to check my bag and everything, go through security. Once I was sitting at my gate and on the plane, I was better. And then just, excuse me, coming into Denver was a little bit um, bumpy. You had to wear your mask the whole time, which I was fine with. I fell asleep, so that was good. And then my brother picked me up and I got here. So my travel was not that bad. Mm. From But from what I heard, your guys' travel was tragic and now is the time for you to share your story okay (laughs) so honestly like the actual flying bit wasn't so bad although i do i personally get a massive headache when i'm on the flight so just messes with my neck for some reason uh went to nashville did not have time to stick around we had a connecting flight we flew from uh, reagan to uh, whatever the nashville one is and uh that was a good time uh, couldn't spend any time there. I wanted to see things. If I How could. long was your layover? It was like, like 40 hour. minutes. Oh. It was not even an hour. Yeah, it was It was pretty good. Um, yeah, no, the actual flight itself wasn't bad. I, I, I mean, I guess I understand why Southwest, like, had it so, like, middle seats are open only and that, you know, because you want to sell most of the flight. You have to make a, you have to make money, but it was like, I, I guess we were able, since Jordan and I traveled together, we had our own row, so we felt okay, and everyone was wearing masks, but at the same time, it was like, oh, okay. I, like, for some reason, was thinking the flight would be half empty, and it was not, but that makes sense. But, um, nah, the real trouble for us started when we went to get our rental car from, like, the cheap place, because, once again, we're poor, and uh, then we realized, like, the white is, like, there's, like, easily what a hundred people in line there was a lot of people in that line yeah oh my gosh and we had a reservation and we like that apparently everyone did and it didn't matter yeah there were a ton of people in this line lines moving super slowly because there's literally like three people working at this rental place (laughs) there's so many cars i was like i told jordan at one point i was like all right so we're dead and this is purgatory (laughs) and this is what it's like and we're gonna get to the front of the line and they're gonna send us back and this is our eternity like here it is and then we got our car and it was like oh my gosh we made it yeah i don't know if that's something that's just baked into travel because i've never rented a car before but we reserved the car and like to my understanding it should have just been like 
all right, we're here to pick up the car, uh, but yeah, I, I guess not. I guess whenever like a hundred other people want to show up and pick up their cars too, then they're gonna do that. And it, the other added stress on top of that was it smelled like burning garbage because we had finally made it to Colorado. <laughs> um, you smelt it there? Yep. Oh well, one no. of the one of the guys we were in line with literally went outside to smoke and then came back in. Nice. So nice. yeah, yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> never can miss that four twenty, bro. Oh, never, <laughs> never. So what what I found was surprising at the Denver airport is you're pretty much like landing in a desert. There's oh, yeah. there is nothing around the airport. Real flat. Real flat. Nothing around it, and the whole airport was it was like under construction. At least where the part that I was in, mm-hmm. like everywhere was under construction, so you couldn't see a whole lot of stuff, and it seemed smaller than the Pittsburgh airport to me, which I don't think mm-hmm. is true. I've heard Denver—not that I've looked into this at all—but I've heard Denver Airport is like characteristically hard to navigate and absolutely massive. That's fantastic. You guys are gonna have a fun time and have to let me know. <laughs> Well, I mean, How it is to find everything. Flying into the airport, no, you're right. I We sort of arrived at the terminal. It took us a second to get our bearings because we didn't know how the buildings were connected. We found the um, train, went down, and then boom, you're in the you're where you need to be. And it says, here's where you need to go to pick up the cars. It's okay, we'll go there. And it was simple as that. I'm yeah. just going to say, having been to the Dallas, Texas airport, that one is like... 50 times worse than really? the Denver one. It's literally terrible. Like, the Denver one at least has, like, a nice, like, little train thing that you hop on. You go, and it's nice, and there are many cars. The Dallas one, it's Dallas. It's Texas. for crying. It's, it's Dallas. It's a big place. They have their car to take you to different terminals. First of all, it's one car. It's one <laughs> car long, and it goes around this little, like, this little track, and it's, like, rickety and bumpy the whole way. And you have to go around, like, in a circle the entire time until you get to where you need to go. It was awful. No, it was – and I heard from multiple other people who were there, like, when I was there. This was prior pre-COVID. But they were, like – they were, like, yeah, this airport's the worst. You just have to go here. And I was, like, oh, my God. No, it is – that one is bad. <laughs> I'll be honest. That one was awful. Just the train. Oh, my gosh. But anyway – you guys you guys made it. We did, in fact, make it, thankfully. We, we got into our Airbnb, which we're at right now. Yeah. Currently. Sharing one microphone. It's pretty cozy, I yeah. would say. I mean, you can have your privacy in your bedrooms, but everything else is... It's a, li- a little bit smaller than what the pictures kind of let on. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but it's definitely cheaper than a hotel. Yeah, definitely cheaper than a hotel. But anyway, being... A little, little too cramped for three people cooking but <laughs> that was really yeah, the not, first night <laughs> but not cramped enough to really enforce the thruple thing we got going here that was so funny yeah so we we did we did make two we made two good dinners one steak one salmon and just so everyone know jordan can cook the heck out of a salmon He's, not so much the steak the, but the salmon was was okay. really good okay he can cook a steak that steak was just Poorly cut and confusing. So, no. Buy good steak whenever, if you want to cook good steak, I guess is my take yeah. on Like, the steaks got cooked. We ate them. They were fine. Yeah, we... Whenever I cooked the good steak that had less 
fat and less like gristle and crap on it. Those ones turned out really good. I also feel like it's the pots and pans. Because the, the, the pans are bent, so it's uneven cooking, like, the whole time. Okay, may I just say, this Airbnb that we're staying at, okay, they have, like, like ceramic pots and pans, okay, oh. with a non-stick coating. And then the freaking cooking things they supply, like, you know, your spatulas or whatever, they're all metal. Oh, no. So all of the pans are scratched up, and I'm like... How did you not think this through? Like, are you <laughs> are you stupid? Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, if you're going to have Teflon interiors of your pants, get a Teflon thing. It's probably cheaper than the metal one. I don't know what they were thinking. But, yeah, no, we had it's the bread stuff. idea when we cooked. We were like, we're all going to be responsible for one thing we make. So I, like, and that was kind of a lot, having three people within, like, I mean, that's not a lot of space. But I, I, I itty bitty sat, kitchen. I sat at our little table we're sitting at now to cut vegetables like everything is tiny here the oven is so small you can't fit in a normal size baking sheet we tried that and then we had to transfer all of the potatoes or whatever we were making to something else and like the dishwasher is like <laughs> yeah, that was the, yeah, that was the dishwasher is like half the size of a normal dishwasher everything and, and also putting dish soap in a dishwasher oh yeah do not put dish soap in a yeah. uh, dishwasher it will that's flood not what, that's not what it's <laughs> that was not a good t- that was Ooh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> besides all our fun stuff at the Airbnb, we made it to Colorado Springs. Made it to Colorado Springs, and we went on a bunch of hikes. We did. So pretty much a hike every day, kind of. We hiked on, I feel like, an average of five miles every day, too, right? We've been yeah. going hard. We do not walk normally. We are inside people. No, I well, I, I, I normally sit in a wheelchair and just scoot around. <laughs> okay, that's not <laughs> Okay, that's, I feel like that's ableist. That's kind of messed up. Uh, so It's fine. <laughs> okay. One of the things, I had never been this far west except one time when we went, went to San Francisco, flew straight in. So I was in San Francisco. Which is definitely not where we are now. It's incredible to me, like driving through the PA slash West Virginia slash Maryland countryside. It's like lots of hills, uh, sort of rolling hills. uh, Sometimes you get clearings and whatnot. Colorado has a such such a weird like layout. Yeah, it's just I forget what the good word for it is, but. Yeah, it's it's got such a weird layout. You sort of you know you pop out in the Denver airport, completely flat. You can see the mountain geographical landscape. Yeah, that's <laughs> a landscape. Weird. That's that's a good one. But um, completely flat. You can see the mountains off in the distance. Who knows how far away they actually are? But like you can see the mountains, uh, just barely before everything was like just turns into a gray blob. Uh, you drive for a little bit, and then all of a sudden you s- sort of start getting into the uh, mountains, uh, the Rockies, and you know the uh, the grass starts getting a little browner. Like there's not a ton of green grass around here, but then you start seeing like those sort of quintess. Some some of it could be the first grass you see all day. <laughs> <laughs> ongoing joke we've had. <laughs> but yeah, so the grass. Is, uh, sort of the entire palette changes it's like no longer dark greens and browns and sort of like corn yellow it's sort of just yeah it's sort of well when yeah whenever you get here it's like you got the red clay uh sort of mountain things you've got the um sort of wheat colored grass everywhere and these little uh small plants and trees that sort of pop up and so i swear the aspen trees are really um 
mm. really prominent around this time too. And then like every like not everything is woods. Like usually in Pierre uh, that area, the Appalachian area, it's like everything that can be covered by grass, trees, leaves is covered with grass, trees, leaves. But sometimes you just hit a clearing in uh, where we are now. It's like you hit a clearing and it's just like nothing. Like maybe a few trees. Just it's 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 a really weird um, layout and it's something to see if you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how, like, you simultaneously, you get that, like, mountainous, like, evergreen sort of vibe. Where, oh, wow. Nice. That's a nice beard. Um, ponytail, I guess. Keep on going Cute. with the um, <laughs> All right. Uh, but, no, it's interesting because the mountains, like, a lot of times you see, like, the evergreen trees. And then you get the pockets of yellow with the aspen. Um, and, you know, like, your rocks or whatever. And it's just, like, that sort of woodsy, general moody, dark green, brown vibe. And then you just, like, literally drive 15 minutes, and then it's all red and yellow, like, desert. Like, you're like, am I in Mexico? And they have a lot of architectural influences from Mex- Mexico yeah. here as well, which is, like, I'm like, wait, how close are we to Mexico even? How, are, how is there so much influence? Maybe that's just a Midwest thing? I don't even know. But. I kinda, I, in a way, I kind of like it. But also, in a way, it's like, I, I don't know. Coming out here, it makes me feel like we're – in Breaking Bad, so... <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, we've seen so many RVs, too. So, in a way, like, that's kind of cool. And But I do actually miss a lot more of, the, like, the green regular trees. Like, I like the pine trees, but I like just seeing regular green trees. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the grass. I have not yet gotten tired of being here, so... I will say from where we, like, because you live in PA and you see trees all the time, I'm yeah. sure. For us, since we're in Alexandria, like, our, what we Watch see that. a lot is pavement, panhandlers, and uh, traffic. So that's our scenery. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? The one place we went to two days ago, it was a, called, oh, jeez. Muskoka. No, not Muskoka. It was the Rainbow Something Trail. Yeah, that was my favorite uh, thing I've done so far. The Rampart Reservoir via Rainbow Gulch Trail. That place... Okay, sorry. Reservoir. Reservoir. What did, you, what did you I say? You said reservoir. Reservoir? It's, it's okay. It's just... No, it's... Anyway, just you, keep going. Go ahead and say water. Go ahead, Amy. Say water. Well, the water was there. Water. Don't bully me. There. I hate you. Anyway. anyway, anyway. That trail was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And I think that was my favorite trail we casually walked on. Mm-hmm. Me too, for sure. That was absolutely stunning. Just the aspen trees and And you can see all these all of these on our Instagram. Ooh. Ugh. Yeah, so miles of forest all around. Nothing yeah. no civilization in sight. Oh also I, I would be remiss not to mention the rocks. I like the rocks. Rocks are cool. There are some cool rocks out there. Yeah. No, it's. I feel like there's a ton of rocks everywhere. For some, Oddly placed. For some reason. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> and if, uh, well, at least, what, sorry, at least on the mountains, a lot of them are really square. I don't know what it is about Appalachians, but we've been to like the New River Gorge uh, sometimes. And it seems like any rock that isn't a part of the mountain face is like this rounded, like you sort of just been underwater for centuries. But like a lot of the 
since there's not a lot of water up there, it seems like a lot of rocks keep their edges very well. And so it's like you find the ground is just always sparkling. And, but whenever you get closer, it's just these rocks with really like fine face, like really smooth faces. And right. I think that's an interesting thing as well. I will say, if anyone listening has ever played the game Rust, those rocks that you see, it looks like that. It looks just like that. <laughs> um, but also, like, I wanted to mention taking these hikes during COVID. A lot of people are wearing their masks. Yeah. On the hikes, like, well, they're not like wearing them the whole time. But whenever you see someone coming up, it's nice to see, like, they have the ability to, like, pull it up real quick and then walk past you. So, that's kind of nice. People are being responsible. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wish we had more of these opportunities. Like, I don't know. I feel like we've been forced to go on the hikes since we are here and we might as well do something interesting with our time. But it's been good for my mental health, I think. Yeah, yeah, we have to find ways to get outside more back I, home. I do think whenever I go home, I'm going to try to go on more hikes. Just because it, it feels... Well, t- today's hike, the incline. Oh my that, gosh. That one was a... That one, that was not a hike, that was a workout. That was yeah. just a straight up... I was like, torture. Yeah, just going as hard as you can. <laughs> That was the closest thing to competition that I've like mentally had in my head in a really long time. Yeah. So I liked it that way, like riding the bus there early in the morning. You're in your sweats and in your hoodie. It's like, let's go. We're going to do this thing. Don't need your sweats and hoodies. But, um, yeah, you don't need that. But uh, hiking is going to probably be a, become somewhat of a staple yeah, I'd like to go on a hike at least once a week. Having done it, like, every single day this week and realizing, like, you can do it, like, almost every day. You don't get tired. You know, you sleep better. You feel yeah. better. Like, it's crazy. You could just, like, why not do these things? Especially in these times whenever gyms are closed. <laughs> yeah. And you're looking for something to, like, stay active and you can't, you don't, you can't really get it in doing a home workout. Yeah. Just going out and walking in nature, it's pretty pretty calming and you can get some really cool pictures i mean we have ring fit which is pretty cool but (laughs) you definitely cannot beat nature there's just something about nature that just calms you in ways that just nothing else does it's cool only we could do ring fit in nature oh (laughs) perfect and so lastly we did go to a zoo three days ago yeah now that was really cool. Yeah, that was the Cheyenne Mountain Cheyenne Zoo. Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. That's a good one. Go yeah, there. For we a... went to the DC Zoo a w- little while ago. Not quite not quite as good. I don't I don't think that's true. We didn't get to see more than half of it because that's... of your dad. Fair. Yeah. So we did, we literally saw 15% of that zoo because he refused. He was like, "I can walk." So we saw 15% of the zoo. So I'm just saying, and what we did saw was really cool. Words. Cool. Anyway, the zoo here was actually pretty neat. It, it is a slight, it is a walk going uphill a little bit, but um, I'd say it's worth it. Especially, oh, yeah, especially sure. after the COVID thing's over. Just, I don't know. I felt like there were, the interaction seemed off, but we also had an interaction that I'd never had before. 
cue. Why don't, why don't you go in? That sounds, inter- that sounds interesting, buddy. Why don't you tell me more? I don't know the name of the animal oh, okay. we saw. That's why I wanted um, to talk we were, that to you. The, we were sort of sitting outside one of the exhibits or walking past someone, and she was like, oh, yeah, it's almost lunchtime for these people, sort of like offhandedly. The we zookeeper. Like, yeah. One of the zookeepers. And they, we were like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, we'll watch you feed them. He's like, yeah, come on up. And then she was like, we'll let's, we'll uh, we'll feed this one. And we were like, oh, yo, hold on. <laughs> Wait, can I, can I say it in a way that is understandable? Okay, I'm sorry. What? I love you very much. So <laughs> you're, understandable. No. You don't, these, okay, so we were walking by this exhibit. We got flagged down by one of the zoo staff. She was very polite. She told us that she was going to feed a snack. It was almost snack time for this little guy, and his name was Poncho. We were like. Whoa, Poncho, that'll cool. That's cool. They'll just, we'll just watch him toss it into the exhibit. And then she was like, "Guys, would it come feed it?" And she opened the employees only door and was like, "Come on!" And we went down this trip in the employees only zone, and she brought us to a space behind the exhibit where you can't go or see normally. And, and she put us in a cage. Yeah, we were. And in, she locked the cage behind us. And now we're in a zoo. <laughs> we the exhibit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry. Please keep going. Nope, you got it. Okay, I'm it's sorry. Yours now. He took over. I'm <laughs> sorry. I just wanted to... Mm. Anyway, okay. So he was a... What is it? A South American Cody? South American Cody, also known as the ring-tailed Cody. So, looks kind of raccoonish, but, like, has, like, a lemur tail, sort of, like, striped, like, long, kind Re- of... Cool. Related to Related to the raccoon. And bear. No. Wasn't it raccoon. related to the bears? No, raccoon. You're thinking of the other bears. Um, but related to a raccoon, so he had like a tail like a lemur, um, but his nose like stuck out like just farther, like on his snout, farther than like his little mouth or anything. And so he kept trying to eat this cucumber that she's feeding him and his nose keeps like wrinkling up and bumping into stuff and he doesn't care at all. But his name is Poncho and it was so cute. He made these squeaking noises. He sounded like a little mouse. It was absolutely adorable. And the last treat she gave him, like he got the cucumber and he absolutely just devoured that. And we're just watching like, ah. And then she gave him a walnut, and he cracked it. Like, in a walnut, like, you know, uncracked, perfect walnut, never before seen, and throws it to him, and he, you know, bites it in his little jaws and cracks it open. It eats everything inside. Then was like, more treats? And it was just such a cool experience, not anything that I've ever experienced before. What was the animal called? Uh, South American Coty. Coty. Yes. South American. South American Coty, C-O-A-T-I. The cutest animal that I did not know existed. Lots of squeaking. For sure. Which was great. The squeaking was so cute. It was so cute. Oh my gosh. It was like a mouse, but, but never invited, less grating. Never invited to feed animals before. That was pretty great. Yeah. Definitely at the zoo, I thought like they invited you to participate like and interact with the animals in a way that i had personally not experienced at other zoos at other zoos you know it's more like you're walking through things and people ignore you and you know staff ignores you but this place they were like multiple times like we were able to feed the deer let or the deer the giraffes lettuce well i want to say my favorite part of that was watching the elephants yeah we were fun we were so closer to elephants than i'd ever been Mm. and it was just so cool, and they were making noises. Yeah. And, I, I mean, they were just drinking water, but it was a noise. Well, the one time they growled at each other or something. Was that was they, they were, like, bellowing at each other. They were just communicating, you It know. was a noise I had never heard before, 
and it was just so cool to be like, holy crap, that's what an actual elephant sounds like. <laughs> yeah, elephants are weirdly majestic and ugly at the same time, I've realized. Um, oh, we also walked through, like, that wallaby exhibit. We went into the place, and it was like... Well, so, yeah, some of the exhibits were just, like... Open. Here's a bu- <laughs> yeah. Well, we first spotted the peacocks, and they were sitting on this little island thing. Like, there were just peacocks sitting there, and we're like, oh, okay, I, I guess... the that's the peacock exhibit because they're all sitting there but then as we walk we just keep on running into these peacocks that are just walking on the road and like some in some cases harassing people for food and it's like okay i guess this is this is how they do things (laughs) and the same thing for the uh wallabies which basically look like tiny kangaroos and they're just like all right they're gonna be on the grass and you can walk around them uh, one guy tried to convince us that we could pet them, but I, I, I think he was lying to us. It's a good call. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> yeah, but it was so cool to be able to just see like one of those animals so up close and like and interact with them in ways that we haven't before, and that was definitely unique. I think the the zoo would have completely sweeped all levels for me if it had an aquarium. Yeah, Ooh. I love aquariums. But mighty fine zoo. But, but it was yeah. it was great except no aquarium. So. It is what it is. There were some cutthroat trout in the bear exhibit, which was suspiciously lacking a bear. Yeah. <laughs> he was sleeping. He was taking a nap. Yeah, he, what can he, you was, do? he was off in the corner. So Selfish. <laughs> Coward. <laughs> Show your face. Show your face, bear. Oh, no. I, we didn't mention the orangutan. Oh, yeah. Oh, that the baby that, orangutan. No, I wasn't even talking about the baby one. The big guy. That, um, the, um... The zookeeper told me, like, from across the way through the glass, like, open your arms. And so I was like, me? And she's like, yeah, open your arms. So I opened my arms, and then the big male orangutan, like, just waddles up, puts his arms, and then leans against the glass. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's, like, three feet away from me through the glass. That was insane. That was awesome. His arms were, like, they covered the entire pain easily. A lot of baby animals at this zoo. That was really cool. There were baby giraffes that were... That could just still learning how to walk. Yeah. Oh, he said, eh. Oh, something I learned too while at the zoo. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so I overheard the um, zookeeper saying the male giraffe who just would not move. Mm. He was the the elder, and he was just watching the baby giraffe the entire time, not moving at all, making sure it's okay. That's why he wasn't reacting to any of the lettuce. He didn't did not care, and and the baby giraffe was even in another um, exhibit, yeah. another enclosure too. And he was just like looking over at it, just making sure, like, you good, you Aww, good, bro. That's so sweet. Yeah, we I feel like we saw a lot of families, like, cause we saw that little orangutan family, and we saw you know the mom and the baby interacting, where the baby's like grabbing the mom's fur and being like come on mom go this way and the mom's like no you stop pulling me and then we saw those cute little i don't know what those monkeys were called but the the black ones i don't know what they were called but remember the one had three legs and it had that little baby holding onto its belly oh the the, the family of the the mom dad that they they the woman said that they stay together all year these monogamous monkeys they were monogamous monkeys they had the baby the mom was was missing a leg and the baby was a baby the baby was so tiny. <laughs> so, final question. You guys leave not tomorrow, but the following day. Sure. So, so far, what has been your favorite part of the trip? 
Uh, gosh. I feel like there's just so many good things about this trip. The zoo was definitely just wonderful. Like, I had such a good time at the zoo. But I, I feel like the thing... So, okay, so the zoo was probably the most fun in terms of what we did because just seeing all the animals were cool. In terms of the most scenic, the hike we did yesterday? Not yesterday. Yeah, that was yesterday, yesterday. yeah. It was the rainbow golf. The rainbow dro- That was absolutely stunning. It was so beautiful. But in terms of, like, the thing I'll probably remember most because, like, it was such a big deal for me to achieve it, the incline was huge. Like, I don't think – I think that was probably the most difficult thing physical activity i have ever done in my life and, and you I, bought a t-shirt too i did t-shirt. buy a t-shirt yeah and i made it to the top and a lot of people don't make it and that's like huge i'm not wearing not a that t-shirt, t-shirt no course. i'm sorry but it was at the same store same store <laughs> different <laughs> shirt but yeah what about you babe i am enjoying spending time with my two favorite people you coward <laughs> <laughs> uh i like the rocks looking at the rocks is fun um but which I def- part oh what the the the, the, the dirty the, part the dirt, the dirt. no the <laughs> I, I I also enjoyed the second trail we did just but every, but every day it was like an entirely different biome that we've wandered into Garden of the Gods it was these weird like uh all the oh, ma- we didn't mention that all yeah. the, all the mountains in uh, the Appalachians are sort of the mountains are cut into the uh, or at least the highways and stuff are cut into the roads and so you can sort of see how the plates stack on one another but in the garden of the god you can tell like the uh the rocks are standing the tectonic plates have been pushing up on each other like nearly straight up and it's not like there's water or coal for people to dig from under it and so they're just standing straight up and it's like it's such a weird weird thing to see after never having seen it before in your life uh but then we're walking up the mountains and it's these Everything's so dry. Every all the trees being dead are just dry and not rotten so much. They're just dry in the uh, lots of clearings, lots of dry dirt, easy to walk on. Way easier than to walk on than wet dirt and leaves and stuff. As far as walking through the woods in the Appalachians, it's just different every single time. Yeah, it's great. I'll I have to say the best part for me has actually been the incline. Mm. That was my favorite part. Just because it is so challenging. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know how you guys saw it, but I saw it more of as, as a challenge in itself. That's also why I was like, I'm just going to just gonna tune you, you two out pretty much. I know. And just go on my own. But, so, that was probably my favorite part. I mean, there was some scenic views on it, but I'm just happy that, you know, I was, we were able to finish it. We did the physical challenge. Yeah. yeah, that was big. That was that was really cool for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, agree. any final thoughts? Slange. Slange. Oh yeah! Don't forget to put every put this podcast on Slange. We got one K views also. Yeah. Thank you. Party. Listen, listen. Let me let me get in here. Oh, Gosh. That's too close. Sorry. I'll back up. This this good. I sincerely want to thank you guys for a, a thousand total views or downloads or whatever it is. That's awesome. And under a year, like, I mean, I know a lot of people probably get a lot more than that. But, you know, for real, thank you guys so much. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how the metrics break down, but if this is episode 35, so that's a little over half a year. Um 
thousand views. I don't know. That sounds that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Reach out. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Uh, if we talk too much about debates, let us know. Because <laughs> there's going to be one coming up soon, and we're going to talk about that probably unless you tell us not to. Yep. Uh, Amy, do you want to thank him for a thousand views? Thank him for the, your your the podcast husband, money. Your husband's that we, success. That we're raking in now. Um. <laughs> oh, you guys aren't gonna like what I want to say. Then don't say it, Amy. Then never mind. Thank only. you for uh finding them interesting, so I don't have to. I'm just kidding. You're married to one half of this podcast, just so you know. I I find them interesting. I just since I already hear the podcast in the background, a lot of times I get flack for not listening to the podcast themselves. But I'm like, but I'm there when they're being recorded. I I don't hear your side, but no, I mean, you can hear the joy in Jordan's. I, Jordan's I know voice. he's yeah. like every time he's like, oh, thank God I have a break from my wife, and you know it's uh yeah that's it. yeah so, but no, thank you for All that. Right. Is that it? Yep. Thank you, guys. Bye. A round of applause for everyone. Thank you, guys, for a thousand views. It's it's really really cool and really awesome. And stay tuned for next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the J&J Connection podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. That's very fast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can email us. And don't forget, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out. And tell your friends about the podcast because it really helps. And we just passed 1,000 downloads. Let's get some more. <laughs> you're all in for quite the spoofing.